Welcome to Talmud Tidbits. It's an honor to have you here. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and my goal is to share inspiring, uplifting, and beautiful ideas as we go through Shas together, Ezra Hashem, and become more proficient in the beauty and the wisdom of Chazal that will greatly enhance our Vodas Hashem and our lives. Welcome. We are in Brachist of Chavav Amad Aleph and uh, looking at different thoughts and ideas. The Gemara there is talking about if a person missed davening a tefillah. So there's a concept called Tashlumen where he gets to daven uh, the current prayer that he's up to right now twice. First, you daven your obligation. That's always the rule. For example, let's say you missed Mincha for valid reasons and you need to come. So you, you, you arrive at um, Marv that night and you say to yourself, okay, I need to make up. Mincha. So first you do your, your responsibility for Marv, the current responsibility, and then you could daven an extra tefillah to make up for what you missed. This is always the rule that there's you could only make up one tefillah, and there's different circumstances when you can or can't make it up, etc. I'm not going to go into all that. So what's the shot in, in this whole idea of Tashlumen? And I believe that there's something very important because like the Kuzari says that just like we eat three times a day or sometimes people eat less or more for nutrients, so we pray to Hashem three times a day morning, evening, and uh, afternoon and, and, and night. And this is because the, the Jewish soul is longing. And so to a certain degree, if you skip you know, one, two, three meals, uh, it's very, you can't make up more than one meal because there's only so much food you can fit in yourself. So it's true that some people, after fasting a whole day, they might eat three, four, five meals worth of calories. But you know, what's healthy is to eat a good, you know, solid meal or two. But the human soul, the, the neshama, is longing to make up. And so when a person misses one tefillah, that's all he's able to, ma- to make up. Even if he missed it two or three or four, the halacha is you only, you only make up one. And I think that it's a lesson for us that we always need to be recognizing that um, tefillah is so important. And if we, chas shalom, or, or for whatever reason, are unable because of an onus to uh, daven a tefillah, um, we only have the opportunity to make it up at the next tefillah. And that's it. Because if you're starving yourself, you're just not getting the nutrients that you need. And it's hard to make up more than one meal. It talks about the concept of davening towards uh, Yerushalayim and towards the Makamah Mikdash. And the Gemara says that um, if you're standing in the base of Mikdash, you should always be directing yourself towards the base Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Pasuk is with you should daven to this place. And if you're in the base of Kodesh HaKadoshim, you should be in your heart, Keneged Beis HaParochas. Hakaporas, that's where you're going towards, towards the Makoma Aron. And if you are standing behind that, again, you should always keep yourself focused on the uh, place where the Aron is, which is the one exact place. And um, no matter where you're facing, that's where you're going. And the Gemara says, Kemigdal David Savarich, like the Tower of David is your neck, Bonila Talpios, which is built in grandeur. And the Gemara Darshans, what is Talpios? Tail Shakol Pios Ponimbo. It's the high point that everyone, all mouths turn there. And a lot of the other Lashonas of Chazal say the same thing, that everyone, it's a fascinating thing, that everyone is pointing to the same direction when they're davening. Tell it's the high point, Shakol Pios, that all the mouths are facing towards. What does that mean? That means that there's a certain power in the numbers, a certain experience of being around a lot of people. And when we think about the fact that so many Jews are all davening, and we're all being machaving our hearts, the same exact place on the Rebona Shalom, just like the Gemara at the end of Tainus, where all the tzaddikim stand in a circle and they point to the middle, which is Hashem, a certain power that, look, we're all going towards us. And just like the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, that a group of tzaddikim, when they get together, is a hanal lahem olam. It's a benefit for everybody. 
and R- when Rishon and Rahman Latzan get together, that's a bad thing for them because it makes them do more bad things, and it's bad for the world because they degrade the world. So, so too, when we're davening, we're all doing this together, and it's important. We feel very powerful, and we feel very special that we could be part of Kla Yisrael. That's one of the benefits where it says that a person should, you get psia for going to the shul. What's the shot? Maral explains that as you go to a shul, you're leaving your own house, your own comfort, and you are going to a place where you banish your ego and you're mavatal yourself to a larger call of group of people. And so that's why if you have a choice which shul to go to, you get psia for going to the further shul. Of course, there's other responsibilities in life and other things. This is just a suggestion. It's not a halacha per se that a person needs to go to the further shul. But it's a suggestion because it, the morale explains, because it trains us to become greater and stronger people. And so that's a shot that when we think about a shul, it's a place of bittel of our ritzonos. And it could be that this is one of the sources and hints for the Arizal's famous thing that before you daven, you should say every morning that Harini Mikabal Lai say, I accept the positive command of Shalvi Ahav to the Rech Kamocha to love my friend like myself. But what's the shot? Why do I think this is the source? I think there's probably other sources for it as well, but I think this is this is hinted to because it's a tale. It's the it's the high point. We all turn towards the same place, and if we're all turning towards the same place, it means we're all getting along. Because if we're not getting along, then there's going to be uh, derision, and we're not going to be turning towards the same place. And our tefillahs are discable when we're all focused on the same rebbeinu shalom and the same goal, like the Gemara and Bracha says. Uh, that a woman asked, aren't you jealous that, that your friend got more people at his at his shear than yours? And he said, no, it doesn't matter. Between me and him, Hashem will be praised. That's all that matters. We're all, we're all in this for the same exact goal. And when people work with that same goal, that's where greatness is accomplished. Bayes, we have Hannah who daven's for his son, uh, for her son Shmuel. And she wants him to be Zara Anashim. She wants him to be normal. And I love this line because it's just so powerful. You know, I don't want him too tall. I don't want him too smart. I don't want him too short. I don't want him too dumb. I just want him to be normal. And this is just so important. And she says when, when he poskins Allah in front of his Rebbe, in front of Ailey, so um, Ailey says that he came to learn under me and he's chay of Misa. And that's a halacha. And Tosa's asked, what do you mean? He's not more halacha of Rabbo. This is the first day he was here. He's not my Rebbe. He's not the Rebbe. He's not my Rebbe. Well, it, it, the halacha is that if you paskin a shaila in front of your rebbe, your chai of misa, which obviously is not enforced nowadays for a lot of reasons, we're not going to go into that exactly. But uh, Tosis says that Shmuel just came today, so why is he chai of misa? So he answers two things: either because he came and he was makabel as his rebbe, so that's it. Now that's your rebbe, which teaches us an important lesson in life, like Rabbi Yonah and Avos says that if you're makabel something, then you get the schar as if you accepted it. That's why the Jews, when they said naasev and ishma, they were chachmaso meruba mimaisev. They got it was as if they had more wisdom than than actions. Um, I'm sorry, the opposite. It was maisev meruba mechamaso. Their actions were more than their knowledge, meaning because they said Hashem, I'll accept it, so they got credit as if their actions were even more. That's naasev and ishma because they were makabel. So that's one shot. Ortosa says, since Ailey was a Gadol Hadar, um, he was the greatest leader of a generation, therefore everyone's considered his Rebbe, which is a lesson in itself, and he was more halach of Rabbo. However, there was a loophole, which was that the Rebbe is allowed to be mochel, malach but a Rebbe, rav shemachal kavodo kavodo mochel. And so, um, so what happens? He tells um, Shmuel's mother, Chana, and by the way, the Medrash says that she was barren for 19 years before she had him. So she tell, he tells her, um, your son is Chayav Misa. And she says, How, my goodness, this is the son 
this is this is my son. This is my only son. You, please forgive him." And he says, "I'll give you a I'll give you a bracha that you have a son who's even better, greater than him." And so she says back with tears in her eyes, like a real mother, "Al hanar hazeh hispalalti." I daven for this child. So there's many many pshatim what that means. So I want to share with you two pshatim that I believe. The Gemara brings down this pasuk. We learn through Tanakh, we get a better understanding of Chazal and what and, and, and life, as they're all Bag and and Radak and, and Rashi and many Mufarshim teach us important lessons. Malbim had to read had to read the Navi. So when Chana said, "Don't please spare his life," so Eli said, "I'll give you a son. I'll give you a bracha for a son who's who's smarter than him." So she said back to him, "Alanar has said his policy." No, I, I specifically asked for a son who's not too smart. I want an average person. I don't want someone who's going to get an Ayn Hara. I don't want, it's funny because he actually got an Ayn Hara, the Gemara says, because she was Marach Batfila. He ended up, Niskatsu Yamav, he got it. He, 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 Shmuel died at age 52. He had a very young life, Shmuel. He accomplished a lot. He brought the Malucha to Shaul and transitioned it to David and did amazing things with his life. And he was a tremendous guttel. Shmuel, not not only that, he's he's, he's compared to Moshe and Aaron, Moshe of Aaron, Mekona of Shmuel Bekarishma. So he was a great great man. Like Rabbi Yonah says, that the lesson is that even if he lived to 120, like Moshe or Aaron, 123, um, no matter what you accomplish, um, if you do your best, then you're equal. Even Shmuel in his 52 years accomplished great things. So she says back, I specifically don't want an extra smart kid. I want this exact child. That's one shot. There's another deeper shot. He was telling, he says, I'll give you a son who's better. And you know what Hana says back? You can't because I have 19 years of tefillah that I daven for this child. I built myself and I said, please give me this child and let me teach him. Shama El, Hashem, you listen to me. And he's going to be the Galadar, and I'm going to nurture him into that Galadar. You have to forgive him, because no matter what, you're going to give me a kid who's smarter. You can't give me a kid who's better than this child. This child has 19 years of blood, sweat, and tears invested in him, like any mother and father knows about their child. But even more so when she was in Akara. Al-Hanar Hazeh Hispalalti, this child was created with Tila, and you can never top that off, and you need to spare his life, which, of course, Elia Cohen did. So there's tremendous lessons here in the beauty of... Um, of um, Hannah's lessons, Alanara says, Palalti. I'm going to share with you a vart that's very dear to me, and I've said this one before as well. The It says when Hannah sang her song, so she says that, Ain sor there's no rock like God. And the Gemara Darshan's, Ain sire kelokenu, there's no painter like God. And the Gemara explains what that means. The Gemara says that that man could, that, that uh, God could create a, a painting inside a painting, he could create a human being and bring him to life. The Panavajarov asks my Rebbe, Rav Asher Rubenstein's Rebbe, he says, what does that mean that there's no painter like Hashem? He says, let me explain. What is the number one compliment you can give a painter? What is the ultimate expression of greatness in paintings? What is the biggest compliment you could possibly give? Think about it yourself. If you look at the Mona Lisa and you want to compliment it, Lahavdil, what do you say? You say, it looks so real. It looks so lifelike. And so, says the Panavajarov, What's a shot that there's no painter like God? God is the ultimate painter. What he paints looks so real, it doesn't look fake. What does that mean? That Hashem gave us free will in this world, that he created a world that it looks so real, it, it looks like I feel like I'm real. I'm a painting. I'm nothing. But I feel like I'm real, and I feel like I have my own free will. I could do whatever I want. I could go against God, God forbid. I could follow him. That free will that Hashem created 
and that man could see could say I'm real it's as if like the painting and Mona Lisa jumps off the wall and says I'm real you see and that denies the painter and that's what the Rebona Shalom created look at the Rebona Shalom created he gave us free will to, to a degree that we could deny Hashem that's that says the punishment of is what the shot is that there's no painter like Hashem. I want to add and expand on this one thought that I believe I, I hope he would approve of. And that is, but if you look at a painting, every painting has usually has two things in it. One of them is that it has the painter's signature. So that gives away that really you're you are fake. There's a painter who designed you. And that's me, sorry, Aksaloka. We see the Ribonashalm signature in everything in life. And that's our job. Yeah, the Ribonashalm is a painter and he gave us free will, but you have to look for his signature. Not only that, but if you're an expert, let's say you work for uh, Sotheby or an auction, and you take a look at Christie's auction house and you look at and you look at paintings. So really every stroke has a certain style to it. And people that are experts, they know the painter's style and they can look at it and say, this is a real Rembrandt or this is a fake. And so, and so when we go through life, we have to see Hashem's strokes in every point, in every single moment of life. We have to see that the Rebona Shalom is one who's there. Yes, he's a great painter. And, it, and I think I'm real. And I think I could take credit and I could deny Hashem. However, the Maimon Hashem looks for Hashem's signature in everything in life and looks for Hashem's every stroke in life and will find that in everything that's going on. And that's the amazing shot of how we have to look at life. And, and Hannah was the best person to teach it to us. 19 years, she reminded herself, Rebona Shalom, you're in charge. Rebona Shalom, you're in charge. I know you're in charge. You're the one that's deciding when I'm, when I'm going to have a child. And that's what she teaches us. That's the legacy of Bitachon that she gives us in amazing ways, inspiring us with Bitachon. Ahmed Bayes talks about a Kohen who murdered someone is not allowed to duchen. And it's brought down on Shulchan Aruch. And not only that, it's even stronger. If a Kohen um, hates someone, he's not allowed to duchen either because it says, So if the Kohen hates someone, then uh, he's not allowed to daven. It's a brachal of atala. He can't say the words, I'm going to bless the nation with love. It's an important thing in life. I have a lot of friends who are Kohen. They're very lovely people. And I, I know that they work on this. That they want to love everyone, but uh, just like it says that if you exclude one person from the bracha, then uh, it doesn't count, which is an amazing thing. So the coin has to follow what Aaron Hakohen instilled in them to be an oiv shalom, rodev shalom, and to love everybody. The Gemara on Daf Lamed Gimel Beis brings down in the Mishnah that Haomer, if a person says Al Kan Sipor Yagu Rachamecha, dot dot dot, if a person says Hashem, you only have Rachmanas on birds, like in the mitzvah of Shiluch Hakain, Mishatz Kenosdo, tell him to be quiet. We know that a person is not allowed to say that because the the mitzvahs that Hashem gave us they are to be mitzarifas to make us better people. But it's not it's not the pshat that uh, there a lot of times there are gezera. Maybe that's a chok that one. There's a chok. So Tosis and Rashi are bothered by this that I don't understand because there are madrashim that do say that there are lessons that we're supposed to learn to be more generous people. So they explain like this that in davening you're not allowed to say it because then it makes it as if that's Kovea, that is what it is. This is what this mitzvah is only teaching us this lesson. And that's wrong because we're supposed to look at every mitzvah and say the Rebbe Shalom gave us this, this commandment and I do it because Hashem commanded. However, when it comes to the lessons, there's a lesson in everything. There's a lesson in every single thing that we have to learn. And um, even the Paraduma, which which is a chok, which has no explanation, the, how does burning this thing and and uh, bringing the ashes and sprinkling it on people that are Matami Mace, how is that matar them? And also, why is it matami the person that that, that create that creates it? 
<laughs> that it, it takes Tame people and makes them Tahar, and it takes Tahar people and makes them Tame. So it's a Chok. But Rashi and Chumash brings down that it is a Kapara for the Egel, that just like if a child comes in the king's palace and defecates on the floor, uh, they call the mother to clean up afterwards. So too, if the uh, when the Egel came, the little baby Egel defecated Kaviyachal in front of Hashem with a Maisa Egel, so Hashem calls the mother to clean up after it. But even that is just a it's just a lesson to learn. It's a thought to understand, but it's not necessarily the reason, the, the deep, deep reason behind it. So when we say it in davening, it's as if we're making it an official idea that this is exactly what it is. When we say it in drushas and chazals, uh, to understand it, that that's our key of everything. We, every every part of Torah that we learn, we have to try to understand. In Brachos Dav Lamed Hebed Alf, which is Ketzad Mavarachim, the very famous sixth parak of Brachos, which talks about um, making Brachos on... Um, Making brachos, and I always was wondering why we start with um, alperos elon. Why do we start with fruits? It says you make a break for eights, except for wine, and it, it needs to be explained. Just chazal go in a certain order, um, but one of the things is that when we think about fruits, Tosa says that they are an indulgence, right? And brain of fashos rabos is thank you Hashem al komasha barasa life food that gives us life is water, um, but then there's extra delicacies like fruit. And so when we think about brachas, our, our, our perspective is we're supposed to be thanking Hashem for all the great things he gave us. And I think that when we focus on um, making brachas with that in mind, it enhances us and makes us better people.